Hello, hello, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to a new episode of Carried Interest. Episode 12, yes, this is episode 12. And today we have a unique episode for everybody. Jesse, Nate, and myself are gonna be talking about what we're currently doing in our individual marketplaces from the Northeast to the Southeast to out West, and just going over you know different strategies we've been using that have been working, some haven't, and we just wanna share our honest and genuine experiences with you all. Um, so we're excited to do so. Without further ado, I've got my best co-host in the world, Nate, Jesse. Um, you know, Jesse, why don't, why don't you take it away and share what it is you're doing, how you've been able to you know slowly grow your business out of state within real estate. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as Zach mentioned, we got a fun episode for you guys uh, where we're going to be t- sharing our experiences. Um, you know, one thing that we've talked about on the podcast briefly is uh, the student housing approach, um, which is something that Nate and I have both invested in together. Um, and our properties are, are not in the same state in which we live. So uh, managing those properties um, can sometimes be a bit of a, a hurdle to not necessarily manage, but to wrap your head around um, because it's daunting being, you know, hundreds of miles away plus from, from a property that's generating cash flow that you've poured money into uh, that you care so deeply about. So um, one thing we did was uh, work with a local property manager um, and that allowed us to rely heavily on her um, to handle the things that need to be handled on a day-to-day basis. Um, and she does a really good job of communicating with us and letting us know where the projects are, where the, pro- what's going on with the properties. If there happens to be, uh, any issues, um, you know, she's, she's the first line of defense there. She's able to contact whoever's needed, uh, whether that be, um, an exterminator or a plumber or a handyman, uh, to get the project, um, complete and, and the house back in good shape. So that's one route to take that is incredibly effective uh, when, when working on properties that are not in your backyard. Um, so property management is a, a really good way um, to kind of navigate the, the out-of-state properties um, and stay on top of things that are going on. Uh, additionally, you're paying your property manager a percentage of the overall income that the property is generating. So um, the, the expense to you is not a, a huge out-of-pocket expense. It's all covered by your cash flows. Nice. So Jesse, you, you and Nate were able to, to team up on some of these projects. Um, Nate, do you guys want to talk about like, you know, finding new deals, that deal structure? How are you guys structuring partnerships? Um, you know, Jesse touched on the property management side and how you could actually hire people to outsource work um, and build that into your cash flow breakdown. Um, talk about like, how are you going into new marketplaces and finding deals and structuring those deals? Yeah, I'm happy to, to jump on that, Zach. And, and I think, you know, the toughest thing these days is finding good deals, right? There's deals out there, but not a lot of good ones. And a question that I've been asked a lot is, well, Nate, how do you even find deals to begin with, right? And especially in the the multifamily space, um, whereas like in residential, you know, you can go to an agent who has um, MLS access, which, you know, essentially any property that you see listed on like Zillow or Trulia, like you can find that, but in the multifamily space, which is where I've been, um, focusing my time, it's a lot tougher to kind of just find deals on quote unquote, the MLS, the multiple listing service. Um, 
and so it's really important to create relationships with with brokers um, that are in you know the the markets that you want to focus on and really there's only a couple brokers um, that control a vast majority of the deals um, so really you want to create relationships with these people but at the same time you don't want to go in there day one and say hey i want a 50 unit deal and expect them to just send you a, a deal um, the next day. There's there's a lot that goes into it, um, a lot of time just to like mold these relationships. And, and over time, um, you'll start seeing those deals. Now, you'll, you're probably wondering, all right, well, Nate, how do I find these people? Um, one good place to start is LoopNet. Some brokers will post deals on uh, this platform and, and that's a good basis to see who the brokers are. Another is, you know, just do a Google search and see, like, search largest commercial multifamily brokers and kind of go through their websites and see if they have properties listed on their websites. And, and if they do, they may have like a place where you can sign up for deals and get them sent straight to your inbox without like even have to talk to anyone. So there's a lot of different ways that you can start creating deal flow, um, but it's really important to get in front of the brokers out there, um, specifically in the, the multifamily space, if you want to uh, start taking a look at, at some of these types of deals. Uh, I'm curious, like I, I can talk about how I've structured some projects. Um, I'm definitely curious how you guys are doing it and building partnerships. Um, nothing that I think we're, when I say we've been able to do and what we've been able to do is what we're currently doing, which is a lot of learning, falling forward, failing fast and learning from that. Like a lot of that's been based around partnerships. Um, I can briefly touch on that, you know, my full time is real estate lending. Um, so we do a lot of long term, short term lending in the construction space for flips, buy and holds, new builds. And it's allowed me to, um, you know, service people and build really strategic partnerships where, you know, somebody can present to me a deal and I can actually partner with them and structure that deal, the money, the, the you know, look at the comps um, and actually help them close on those projects. And those those partnerships are so key because when a contractor or builder comes to you, you know, and you don't have a good construction background, or maybe you've got a great construction background, but you're presenting to the money side, there needs to be enough skin in the game on both ends. There needs to be enough for somebody to lose where it hurts. And there also needs to be enough incentive to where everyone's winning enough. Um, and I'm talking about like splits, whether it's a 60, 40, or you're returning money to an investor who you're bringing into the deal. And there's not one way to do it, right? Um, I learned recently, no matter how big you go in 100 to 200 units, you know, a lot of these deals are treated very similarly in terms of, you know, the key categories. What's the experience? What's somebody's background? Who's managing the project? What are the expectations of the partnership going in? And what are the, what are the equity splits, right? Like, how is the profit being structured at the very end? What does your financing look like? Um, so what I'm doing right now is nothing big by any means. Frankly, it's uh, it's falling forward, failing fast. And, you know, we've got a couple single family projects going, fix and flip new construction. Um, you know, right now we're having trouble getting a minor subdivision approved because, um, you know, we, we overlooked a variance and somebody in the town has connections to the local municipality and they're pushing back on us. So, you know, there's so many nuanced things that you'll never know going in, but it's not going to kill us. That's what I realized. Like, these partnerships are, it's more than money. You need to find a part, different partners, um, whether it's the money side or the, uh, the construction side, and even the lending side. 
who's going to all be there to remain poised and keep their calm when everyone else is losing their shirt. Um, Cause none of these deals will go smooth. I mean, they're not always going to go smoothly. So, so that's the experience that I've had so far. And I don't know enough about construction to be a professional truthfully for anyone out there listening to this, but taking the risk to put my money where my mouth is has allowed me to learn. You can't join a course for free and expect to learn. You typically have to pay for it because, and pay a good amount because then you'll actually put effort into what you're doing. Um, so for anyone out there feeling uneasy, just partnerships are key. Vet, uh, vet their background. Ask yourself, what am I losing if this deal goes bad? What are they losing? Because if somebody's losing something valuable, everyone's going to be sure to try to make the deal go well. That's the experience that I've had. Nate, if you, Nate or Jesse, if you guys want to touch on that for your partnerships, I'd love to hear from you guys. Well, real quick, I, and I think you make a really good point just about like the alignment of interests and like how you're structuring deals, right? Because like if, if you want to structure something a certain way and it, it doesn't make sense for someone else, then you might not get the capital to, to be able to put the deal together. Or like if, if, someone doesn't have skin in the game and like they are a big part of the deal and like that, you know, draws red flags. Does it make sense to like move forward? There's like, there's so many different like nuances to, to all of it. And it's like, there's not a right or wrong way to do it. It kind of just depends on your risk appetite. But I think like that component of it is, is super interesting. Um, to answer your question, Zach, I mean, just in terms of, of structuring, I mean, what, what I've done to this point on all my deals is just like a pro rata JV partnership, essentially, right? So whatever everyone's equity contribution is, their ownership stake is equal to that, that capital contribution. Um, and it's kind of been simple in that regards, but I also look at deals where there's a more complex structure of the equity and it really just depends like how do you want to like how do you want these deals to be structured like how much work are you putting in versus like others and like what are those other people doing what are they bringing to the table what's their expertise like you're saying um because that's a big component sometimes you need their expertise uh to get a deal to the finish line and you need to give up whatever percentage to make it possible. So, yeah. Um, yeah. What, what I, what I've found a lot of the times is um, in deals where, you know, you're trying to make something happen. There's partnerships with different um, talents. There's the, the money people, there's the execution of let's say construction or operations. Um, it doesn't always have to be a, a flip or renovation, but let's say operationally, you know, you're doing a tenant turnover or you're just trying to make the place better to increase rents, for example. Um, and then there's a sweat equity person, right? Who's basically a connector who's either finding the deal and finding the people or is presented a deal and finding the money, finding the right person, the operator who likes the split that you're offering to your investors. Those are kind of the three pieces that come together to then work with subcontractors, lenders, um, property management, and, you know, everyone's actively making those decisions, sometimes except for your money investors, they don't, they just want to be left alone. And I've learned that these deals can be strenuous in closing them and communicating. Um, one of the most important things more, even more so than money is the communication, because things change, you can give somebody a pro forma that says, hey, this is what your returns look like, but things do change, materials go up in cost, 
lead times increase. Tenants, you know, you you misread a lease and now a tenant has two years in a lease and they were paying below market rent. You want to communicate that the second it happens. And more importantly, you want a process and system in place so that you're communicating it professionally to everybody, right? So whether it's a letterhead or just a simple email process, a chain of command that goes out to the right people to update them, or even prior to closing, you want to have your LLCs in place, your entity structure in place so that you know, people know where to wire money and people know how the, the entity is structured. It's not just like, hey, I've got a deal. Let's get money together. It's like you want to seem professional. You want to understand how you want to structure your joint ventures, what type of contracts you want to have between you and your investors, you and your, I would call them operators. Um, that's what I've learned is kind of the a lot of the, the back end stuff of this that we tend to forget. Absolutely. And Zach, you mentioned earlier, uh, falling forward and failing fast. Um, and it's something that nearly everyone in the industry does. Um, and that's why you need to surround yourself with good partners, because when I'm falling, um, one of my partners can grab me, pull me back up and say, hey, this is what you need to do to fix that. Um, or this is how to navigate that scenario. So no one's perfect. No one's going to get it right the first time. Uh, but surround yourself with the people that know uh, where to pick up your slack and how to do so efficiently. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, we, we made this podcast for people who want to get started in real estate because it can lead to actual financial freedom. Uh, it can lead to bettering your life, but it takes risk. Um, and it takes, it takes the team. Um, so, you know, we're none of us, us three are there yet. We are slowly in the process of getting there. And I want that to be really clear to anyone out there. We're not boasting. We're just saying like, this is what we're doing and how we're doing it. Um, some things have gone very well. Some things were, you know, going through the mud right now. Um, but we care about people listening to this. You know, Jesse's out on the West Coast. He was up at 5 a.m. Um, to be on this podcast. Um, so we care about this and we think that it's doable for anyone because, you know, Nate, Nate started hitting the, fo- the phones and joining meetups and masterminds to get in touch with the right people to close on a 21 unit project. He didn't come from a real estate background. He literally networked his way in to learning and while working a full-time job started calling brokers on learning how to underwrite deals and putting that together jesse's have been phenomenal at networking with developers brokers in completely different states and teaching himself literally teaching himself how to underwrite deals bigger deals and put those projects together that will inevitably allow him to build his portfolio um and i'd like to think I, i've kind of put myself in that environment as well where i can understand the lending world and provide that service to people. So before you find a deal, any for anyone out there, put yourself in the environment, even if you're new, because we're all new to this at the beginning. No one's born with a hammer in hand or a freaking checkbook to sign like a hundred million dollars to somebody. Some people are, some most people aren't. But at the end of the day, just put yourself in an environment like I've been lucky enough to with these two guys to talk about this, to network with people and to just learn. Um, and then when the time's right, swing and, and take a risk, like put some money down, save some money to put it down um, and commit to a partnership. Yeah, absolutely. And something you've heard from several of our guests is that this is not uh, a get rich quick scheme. This is a, a long drawn out process that takes time um, to learn what you're doing, to figure out how to efficiently operate these projects. Um, and even when you close your first deal, you're not going to become a millionaire overnight. This is steady cash flow, um, but it's something you can replicate and can build your portfolio. And in you know a, sh- a few short years, you may have several properties that are generating the same amount of cash flow as someone who still has a full-time job. So, um, and you can keep growing from there. This is again not a, a one-stop shop. This is um, you know a, 
a way to build your portfolio moving forward. Absolutely. And, and for anyone out there listening to this, uh, if you didn't, if you've enjoyed how this episode structured, where we kind of, um, you know, unveil the curtain, so to speak, and, and tell everybody what, what we're doing, um, you know, good, bad, and ugly, right? We're happy to go really in depth into numbers, what's failed, what's worked, what's, you know, where I've personally messed up. We're happy to do that. Uh, we're happy to talk about our specific knowledge that we're still learning, whether it's lending, whether it's underwriting and analyzing deals, big deals, small projects, whether it's interviewing property management, which Nate has a really good amount of experience with at this point. We're happy to dive, take specific episodes and dive into those things. So on your 10, 15 minute ride in the subway to work, your quick walk over to the elevator before you get your coffee, you can pop that in and say, okay, well, damn, these guys messed up at that. I'm not going to do it. Again, whether it's lending, property management, analyzing deals and discuss how each one of us are going about that, winning, losing, and just learning in that process. Um, so listen, I mean, Jesse, Nate, like we, we've jumped on, um, you know, again, we're, we're, I think we're lucky to do this episode, but we're, we're going to sign off for today. And we're, we're excited for future episodes to come where we have some exciting guests in different spaces whether it's brokerage, flipping, um, large-scale development, tax credits, all these different things. At the end of the day, these are people who put themselves in the environment and decided to learn and take risk and keep growing. That's just it. That's it at the end of the day. So we're happy for, and we're privileged that anyone out there is listening to this. Uh, we're excited to be doing what we're doing. Uh, and we can do this together. It's carried interest for a reason. We're building, a, we're building knowledge through a network. We're building wealth through the network. And we're going to continue to do so for every listener out there. We're signing off, but have a very strong week coming up. And definitely tune in for the next episode of Carried Interest with my co-host, the greatest in the world, Jesse and Nate. Take care. And that is today's episode. If any of you current and future investors want us to talk about any specific real estate topics you're interested in or to ask us questions like, Jesse, how do you get your hair to stay so perfect? Nate, what's your favorite shaving cream? Feel free to email us directly at carriedinterestpodcasts at gmail.com. Yes, that's carriedinterestpodcasts at gmail.com. I'm telling you the Google sponsorship is well on its way. Please tune in next time for more real estate knowledge. Thanks for listening to Carried Interest. Peace out and go build some equity.